From the Davis Oil Company studios in Keene, it's time for The Weekend with George Hansel on WKBK. Today's program brought to you in part by Stephen Wilder Automotive in Keene, the one you trust to make sure your vehicle runs right. Book your appointment today at wilderautomotive.com. By Dublin Health and Benefit Group, the professional's choice for helping you and your family navigate the right health insurance and Medicare coverage options. Go to dublinhealth.net today. To call George Hansel, dial 603-357-1290, and you'll be next on the air on the weekend. Here's George. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. I'm your host, George Hansel. Don't have much planned today other than to take your phone calls, talk about a few things. We've got a lot going on locally. Events today, if you're looking for something to do. The EAA Flying Start event at the Keene Airport. Remember last week we had the airport director and uh, the person in charge of the EAA, which stands for Experimental Aircraft Association. The Flying Start event is basically an opportunity for people interested in flying or figuring out what it would take to become a pilot. They can go down there today between 1 and 3 and learn a little bit more, ask their questions and figure out if becoming a pilot is right for them. A lot of people don't know, don't know or uh, maybe understand that Keene's Airport is a great learning airport for new pilots. And many people have learned at Keene, got their license, their initial license at Keene, and then moved on to become commercial pilots for big airlines or jet services or lots and lots of different things. So good opportunity there. One to three today down at the Keene Airport. Swing on down. I think you also, they were encouraging people to sign up on the EAA website. So you might look out, look up EAA Monadnock or EAA Keene and see if you can sign up for that. It's also National Police Week. So National Police Week occurs every May. And in 2022, we're commemorating uh, National Police Week with live and in-person events. So there's one that will be held in Keene. Uh, later this week, and the National Police Week is observed from May 11th to May 17th, and the National Law Enforcement Memorial and Museum is holding ceremonies as well, and this is really about honoring fallen officers uh, and honoring our police who sacrifice quite a bit to keep us safe. So if you see a police officer on the street or somewhere this week, wish them uh, you know, thank them for their service and uh, recognize National Police Week. The Clean Energy Team, which is a Monadnock region group of individuals who are very interested in clean energy and sustainability, uh, they are sponsoring a free home energy efficiency workshop on May 25th. So not today, but May 25th from 6 to 7.30, at the Keene Parks and Recreation Center. This workshop will be presented by Bob Eldridge, an expert and home energy advisor. Qualifying homeowners who have chosen to do a home energy audit can take advantage of incentives for home energy work through the Button Up New Hampshire Saves program. Uh, this is a great program. It provides some funding in case you are interested. If you feel like you live in a house that is losing a lot of heat old windows, uh, not a lot of insulation, old houses. I know we have a lot of those in Keene. 
you should investigate the New Hampshire Saves program. What happens is they come out, they do an audit on your house. First, you have to qualify. You have to send them some heating bills and uh, some information on your home. It only takes a little, a couple minutes though. And I think the hardest part is just getting the bills that you need and and uh, maybe understanding the square footage of your house. But then you enter that, and if your house qualifies, which many of them do around here because we have a lot of older homes, they will reach out. Um, they schedule an audit, so you get an audit done on your house, and then they kind of take care of a lot of it. There are qualified contractors that can do the insulation and the work for weatherization and all that. And they, they get that done, and then they usually cover about half the cost. It fluctuates the amount that they actually help you uh, cover. But it, it when I did it maybe hmm, eight years ago, it was almost 50% of the cost, which is great. And this is money that is generated through the utility companies. It's a set-aside that they make for this weatherization work. It's kind of counterintuitive. It's like, well, why is the energy company um, or the electricity company or whoever helping me to weatherize my house? But they explained it to me like this. They said, well, we want reliability in the system. We don't, we actually, uh, they try to preserve electricity on the grid and, and uh, the other companies want to sort of keep uh, things stable. And so that's one of the incentives for them to do that. This, uh, there's also, I think legislation that requires them to put a certain amount aside for this kind of work, but it seems like a win-win for everybody. The people that are living in the homes, get a more comfortable place to be and get reductions in their energy bills. The utility companies may get a more stable grid or whatever. And, uh, we fix up some, some homes in Keene. So, Take advantage of that. Just one more time, May 25th, the Clean Energy Team and the Monadnock Sustainability Hub are co-sponsoring this workshop where you can learn a little bit more. May 25th, 6 o'clock to 7.30 at the Keene Parks and Recreation Center. So that's something to take advantage of if you are doing a little spring cleaning and think about maybe upgrading your home. This was a really exciting story. Finally, we can announce this. But uh, Detect Diagnostics is coming to Keene. This is a company out of the Netherlands. We've met with them several times. They've been to Keene. They, uh, we worked with them to help find a location, help them find partners. And the Hannah Grimes Center has is, is really been the, uh, uh, what do they call it? A, uh, like a, they, they've been leading them through the process of figuring out how to establish themselves in Keene and doing a really great job of it. But this is a Netherlands-based company that's really high-tech. They make some very interesting products uh, that have to do with bacterial and viral detection. Essentially tests. Tests for things like COVID, tests for things like impurities, bacteria in milk and food products and stuff like that. And it uses a very uh, interesting process where they shine light through a slide with the sample on it and they're able to pick up on the um, basically it's the 
byproduct of bacteria growth or virus growth. And it sounded, when they explained it to, to us, they gave me a whole PowerPoint on what they do in their technology. I mean, it sounded like very simple, but very high tech at the same time. So it was very neat. And this is a big get for Keen. I'm really excited about this. And I will tell you flat out, the reason I think we got this company interested in Keen and to finally make the decision to come to Keen is really the collaboration that we were able to show when they came here. Hannah Grimes set up this amazing trip for them. They came in, they met with the city, they met with the Keene State College, they met with the people from the hospital, they met with lots of people. They did a little tour looking for real estate. I mean, and it was amazing how the whole community came together to help recruit this company. And I know it made a big impression because I talked to the owners and they told me it did. They thought they were just blown away by the warm welcome they received when they were visiting here very thankful to that team effort that uh helped helped get them come to Keene. and i saw marianne christensen she had a uh she's the executive director at the hannah grimes center but she wrote a really nice op-ed in the sentinel this past week and uh this part stuck out and this is a quote from her op-ed we're a region best known for our collaborative nature and willingness to come together with boundless energy to support ideas that build the community we want to live in. I thought that was a very well put slogan, description, sales pitch for our region. I just thought that she did a really good job of uh, coming up with that. Later today, I'm going to be going to see and visit with the former president of Poland, President Walesa. He's a Nobel Peace Prize winner and has a lot of experience dealing with Russia and communism. He was the president in Poland, let's see, I think in the 90s, from 1990 until 1995. So he's been in the New England area moving around. Uh, he's a speaker and other stuff. I'm really Really curious to uh, talk to President Walesa and see uh, what he has to say, especially about the situation with Russia invading Ukraine. So I'm looking forward to that. 357-1290 gets you on the air, and we have a call. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Yes, hi. Thanks for having me on. I think I'd like to talk about something that happened yesterday. Go ahead. Um, I went into... Okay, um, so I went into the library to use the computer, the public library. Mm -hmm. And um, yesterday, just to give you a little bit of background, was one of these days where I'm running around doing different things, and I was in and out of the library to use the computer. And about the third time, the uh, person working at the desk, at the reference desk, became rather hostile, smug and condescending, mm. in informing me that this is the third time I've been in to use the computer and that I'm only allowed to use the computer once a day. Now, one of the things that was odd to me about this is there was no one else there using the computers. Hmm. That That's the seems first odd. point. The second point is there are no signs indicating that people are only allowed to use the computer once a day. And so I thought it was really inappropriate for him to talk to me like that, as though I was doing something outrageous. The next point is that I don't think they can legally do that. I think that would be called denial of service. This is a taxpayer-funded library, and I don't think they can tell me that I can't use a computer. Uh, 
just to give you a little bit more background, I'm not somebody who camps out there for hours doing junk on the computer. I'm in there for five minutes, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, what do you think? I can follow up on that. I am not familiar with the uh, policies at the library, but I can follow up on that. I don't think it's illegal for them to tell you to move on or, or something like that, but I, I do find it odd that they would limit your use of, of the uh, computers there. So I'll have to send an yeah, email and follow up on that. Yeah, another thing I just remembered that's kind of interesting about this is the first thing I asked when he told me this is why. Mm-hmm. And he said something about because we have a hard time keeping track of who's you, who's on the Internet or something like that. And I thought to myself, how is that any of your business? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll it's have to very bizarre. I'll have to follow up on that. I'm not familiar enough to really speak to it right now, but I'm sorry that you got uh that you weren't able to get what you needed. Uh, actually, he did. He did let me use it. He he was like, "Well, I'll just make this one exception because because you didn't know." Of course, I didn't know. There's no sign indicating that. Oh. And I've been in there a million times hmm. over the last few years. Like I, I go there sometimes. I've you know this isn't the first time I've used their computer more than once a day. I think it's ridiculous. Hmm. I think it would be reasonable to say to somebody who's been on the computer for the 90-minute time limit, look, there's somebody else who wants to use the computer, so you have to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to let this other person use the computer. But I think it's ridiculous to deny people that service that taxpayers fund. Yeah, and I know a lot of people use the computers there. It's an important thing for people who don't have them at home. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I've seen the place crowded in the past, but not the last few months. Mm. I've never had a problem getting a computer walking in there in the last few months. So it's not even it's not even overrun with people. And even if it were there you can you can accommodate people a lot more effectively without denying them service. That's my point of view. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Thank you. Thanks. I'll hang up now. No, thank you very much. I'm sorry that you had a somewhat negative experience. We'll follow up. We'll see what the policy is and maybe why it is. And maybe I can get back to you next week um, on that. But 357-1290, if you want to have your voice be heard or uh, let us know about a concern or a thought you have, uh, I'd be happy to um, listen and see if I can help. So we've been going through the Keens budget. It's a good segue, I guess. Keen's budget reviews have been happening. We had two reviews by the FOP committee this past week, and they are uh, going through the city manager's budget. The first meeting is always the most well-attended usually, and that's when the outside agencies part of the budget comes up for uh, discussion. These are the various mostly social service agencies that the city funds to help offset costs usually to our um, to our human services department. Uh, so organizations in the community that are doing good things for people who would otherwise need to request services from the city. Uh, we have an evaluation process that we go through, a committee made up of a couple city councilors and some city staff members have criteria that they run through 
to evaluate applications for funding from the various agencies. Then they make recommendations to the city manager who either approves or uh, does not approve the various requests from the agencies. And then that whole rundown of outside agencies that are being funded or are recommended to be funded by the city manager is reviewed. And the agencies have an opportunity to come in and plead their case, so to speak. Um, the process works pretty well at this point because we have that prior review by this sort of committee that makes the ultimate recommendations and they're evaluating these needs based on uh, various criteria. Uh, how many citizens in Keene do you serve? What are the services you're providing? Um, could these services be provided in a different way? There are a lot of different like criteria that they run down. And so that has saved uh, the city council from having a really rough night like it used to be more than a decade ago now. But uh, it used to be very much a, um, the agencies would come in and plead their, all plead their case in one night. And then the city councilors would debate whether or not the agency deserved the funding they were requesting. It became a very kind of political thing that uh, obviously didn't work very well. And so we worked hard to create that that system for evaluation, which would kind of take the politics out of it, which is what we try to really do on a regular basis uh, with almost everything that we, uh, we, we re-engineer with the city of Keene. 357-1290 gets you on the air and we have a call. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Um, I was wondering, um, were there any plans to deal with the homeless issue and the panhandlers that are on the corners? They leave trash behind and, you know, they don't even pick up after themselves. What What's the city planning on doing about that? So I think there are... Uh, there's not a good answer for that, but um, ooh, can you turn down your radio in the background? It's uh, I can. It's hard to talk oh. when you have your own voice. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Hold um, on. A second. Um, uh, so. So it's yeah. uh, we have a committee looking at uh, homelessness and those experiencing homelessness and coming up with ideas for. Uh, for how to improve things. And as far as the panhandlers and stuff like that, I, I'm not sure there's much that can be done. They're on public property. Um, and really, I encourage people to just tell them where they can get services rather than give them, uh, give them money. Right, right. I, I understand that. But they leave their trash behind. Isn't there like a littering law that yeah. we could enforce to try to get them to at least pick up after themselves? There is. It's difficult to enforce in that kind of environment, but um, but there is. If, if the police uh, see people actively littering, they can tell them to pick up their trash, that sort of thing. That's all that we can do. As far as I know. Yep. Okay, it's just unfortunate that, you know, we have a really nice town. Keene is a beautiful town. I know. And you go and you drive downtown and they're at the off ramps and it just, it looks terrible. 
Yeah. It really does. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. I'm sorry I don't have a better answer at the moment, but uh, no, if you are I, I interested, understand. if you are interested, it is something we're actively looking at, and uh, and I'm hopeful that our report that the Housing Stability Council or committee comes up with will have some concrete recommendations. These are complex issues; they have a lot of layers to them, uh, and so it really the the point of the committee is that we can kind of parse through some of these recommendations and some of these thoughts and hopefully come up with some well-thought-out, well-reasoned ideas for uh, improving the situation in the future. I expect that to be out in the next six months or so. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good weekend. All right, bye-bye. You too. Bye. Three five seven twelve ninety gets you on the air. I do want to remind people, when you call in, turn down your radio in the background if you have it, just because it's very difficult. I can hear my own voice on a delay when I'm talking, and it's like I'm trying to think about what I want to say, and then I'm hearing my own voice in my head, and, you know, obviously I don't like hearing my own voice. I don't think many people do. Um, so it makes things kind of difficult, but that's okay. 357-1290 gets you on the air, and we have another call. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning, Mayor. Hi. What's on your mind today? I was just interested in hearing about that Dutch company that's coming into town. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. The veg? You mean the uh, the veg? The uh, emergency vet? No, the oh. the Dutch the co- oh, company, Dutch company from Holland yes. that you were talking yes. about. That's the high tech company. Isn't that exciting? So yeah. this is yeah. exactly every conversation I've had about economic development and everything like that is. Uh, I think everybody agrees that this is exactly the type of company that we would love to see come to Keene and grow in Keene. And we've been able to deliver on that. I think it's just awesome. And they're not you the only You know what else is, is, is interesting yeah. is uh, the Renaissance in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where they're doing precision robotics. Mm, yeah. They have really, really taken off in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh, that's another high-tech thing that's that's interesting. But the one other question I wanted to ask you about, we talked last week about the grant they got for the body cams. Yep. How much did they get the total grant, or how much did they get? Yeah, they got the body cams paid for completely with a grant, which is, is great. So the actual... Who wrote the grant? I'd like to know. They did. Um, it was... Well, it was the police department, so the police yeah. department like helped write it, and then the city manager and uh, her team went after it, and so well, they're, they're very good about that. We're we're that's fortunate. That's good. That's good. It is. Yes. Okay. Well, look into that precision robotics thing from uh, Pittsburgh. I think that's another opportunity for Keene. I will do that. Thank you for okay, the call. Okay. Thank you, uh, Mayor. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. So precision robotics, you know, want to know another thing. The precision optics industry, Keene, New Hampshire, and the surrounding region are the global leader in the precision optics industry. This encompasses machines that turn, diamond-turning machines that create lenses for all kinds of things, from LiDAR equipment to uh, smartphones to satellites, uh, to all kinds of stuff. 
I mean, it's really it is amazing. We have a wealth of highly technical engineering manufacturing firms in this region. And uh, the thing I've learned about business recruitment is businesses like to be around other similar businesses. This applies to retail, you know, the big box stores and all that kind of stuff to manufacturing companies in a certain industry to uh, breweries. You want to be around your peers, right? Because it just makes things easier for you. One, someone else has sort of investigated and made it work in that area. So it say so it gives you a little more security that it might be a good decision. Um, and two, it just makes it easier because you can share the burden of training the workforce for a specific industry. You can share ideas. How does innovation happen? Innovation happens through interaction. And you need to have like-minded people in your proximity to facilitate those interactions. And so one of the things that we should be looking at here in Keene is what do we have now? How do we help it grow? How do we serve the needs of the businesses that are here? And then how do we highlight those businesses in hopes of attracting other similar companies? It's kind of simple when you break it down like that. But executing on it is not simple. It's difficult. It takes a lot of work. It's a sales job more than it is a marketing job in some ways. And so uh, we've worked really, really hard at that. There are other prospective uh, recruitment efforts. There are recruitment efforts going on all the time, but there are some big potential recruitment uh, examples that I can't talk about because they're not public. So today is an exciting day because the DTACT folks sent out their press release. They are good to go. They're good to let the world know that they are coming to Keene and setting up their U.S. headquarters in Keene. It's an exciting day. But this has been something that's been in the works for probably a year. And we can finally talk about it. There are other things kind of bubbling under the surface that uh, are great, exciting, moving us in the right direction. Would you believe that in Keene, in the last two years, you've got about a dozen businesses that I could identify that either started or move to Keene? Who would have thought? Uh, I definitely did not think that we would be where we are right now in April, May of 2020. Think about it, right when COVID came on the scene. If you had told me that we would have a dozen new businesses coming to Keene or starting in Keene, or we were had just attracted a, a, a biotech company from Holland, or the Netherlands, I would have said, that's crazy. That's going to be really tough. But it's amazing. We've done it. It's a positive, uh, a positive outlook that wasn't necessarily expected. So, Latham, why don't we take a break? On the other side, we're going to be taking your phone calls. I want to hear from you. What do you think? It's a beautiful day out there. This is like the perfect keen day. Makes, you, makes me feel good about waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. I'm George Hansel. Lots more to come. We'll be right back.
On date night, you could go out and do shots. Uh, two more here and a couple more limes, please. <laughs> or you could do shots. Oh, nice aim. Thanks. There's only one thing I can think of more perfectly on target. What's that? Cupid's arrow, the day we met. <laughs> Set your sights on a perfect date night with us. Skip the movies and bowling. Try the brand new state-of-the-art indoor firing range at the Ferry Brook Range in Keene. Schedule an info at ferrybrookrange.com. Stunning nature, an air of romance, and serene ambiance. Find all of this, plus a delightful menu at the Chesterfield Inn. Enjoy one of three spacious dining rooms or dine outside under the heater. Perfect for enjoying a hearty New England clam chowder, chicken marbella with capers, prunes, and olives, or a braised Moroccan lamb shank with locally distilled spirits or wine from around the world. You, your family, your co-workers and friends are invited to savor the distinctive experience of the Chesterfield field in. Maple Hill Nursery and Greenhouses is bustling. After a long, cold winter, we're all anxious to get outside and enjoy this beautiful weather. And what better way to do it than to take a walk around Maple Hill Nursery and see all the spring blooms. This week, we are offering 10% off columbine and Japanese maples in containers Thursday through Sunday only. But check out all our gorgeous hanging baskets and patio pots to add splashes of color to your deck or porch. Maple Hill Nursery has hundreds of perennials and annuals to spruce up your garden areas and lots of veggie and herb plants too we have six colors of bark mulch by the yard or by the bag and fertilizers potting soils grass seed and compost perfect for food gardens check out all we have to offer at maple hill nursery and greenhouses route 10 south in swansea on facebook and online at maplehillnursery.com open seven days Hi, this is Kevin Rose. If great selection, one-on-one personal service, and everyday low prices are what you're looking for, come see us at J&J Discount on Route 9 in Spofford. Your mattress makes a world of difference in how well you sleep. Our customers love our bedding selection. Our mattresses are produced with a commitment to quality in every stitch in every mattress. With over 60 years of experience, the patented technology and a customer-centered mindset has earned our mattress company a place in the top 10 mattress brands in America. Come in to J&J Discount. Talk with Debbie, Mark, or myself. Let us help you choose the right mattress to fit your application, your preference, and your budget. Twin, full, and queen sizes are in stock today. King sizes available by special order. Debbie, Mark, and I invite you to come in. See the value in our exceptional selection of mattresses here at J&J Discount on Route 9 and sales tax-free Spofford, New Hampshire. The Monadnock Business Expo is a community expo, bringing people living and working here together with the businesses who support our local economy. And this second annual event is back. Join neighbors and friends on September 16, 17, and 18 to collaborate and celebrate. New this year, a wonderful craft show on Saturday and Monadnock Ford's car show to benefit the Keene Community Kitchen on Sunday. As always, this community expo is presented by Silver Direct and the Keene and Peterborough Chamber of Commerce. For details on exhibiting and sponsorship opportunities, go to monadnockbusinessexpo.com. That's monadnockbusinessexpo.com. Save $100 by reserving your booth by June 15th and find special one-day pricing for crafters. The Monadnock Business Expo, celebrating the Monadnock community, sponsored in part by Phil's Tree Service, Adventure Limousine and Transportation, Wilder Excavating, and the Monadnock Broadcasting Group. 
From the Davis Oil Company studio in Keene, it's The Weekend with George Hansel. To call George, dial 357-1290, and you'll be next on the air. Share your ideas and opinions right now. Here's George. Welcome back to the show. Happy to take your phone calls. 357-1290 gets you on the air. We've got someone commenting on Facebook about the um, panhandlers leaving trash, mostly at the West Street Route 12 uh, intersection there, I guess. But uh, one idea, we could have more trash receptacles available. That's true. Um, One thing to keep in mind about that spot, though, I don't know if that was a comment just about trash receptacles in general, but in that spot, that's state land. So the uh, that's all state right away and everything. So we'd have to, if there were going to be any trash receptacles out there, I think we'd have to coordinate that with the state. Um, ultimately, though, I think the answer is don't give the panhandlers uh, money. I mean, they're not going to stand there for uh, eight hours if they're not getting any kind of return on that. And uh, for the most part, I mean, I don't think that the people that are out there, um, at least at that intersection, are really uh, representing necessarily our population of uh, residents that are find themselves um, unhoused. I know a better option for everybody, if you want to help, is to maybe take the money that you would give to a panhandler out the window and make a donation to one of the social service agencies in town that you know is dealing directly with um, our friends and neighbors who find themselves having a really tough time. 100 Nights, Community Kitchen, uh, there are lots of them out there. And then you can be sure that that funding is going to go to uh, help support people in need. So I know it's a tough situation, though, and um, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think we have very many options when it comes to enforcement uh, of that. I know this gets brought up every couple of years, and we look into it freshly every couple of years, and I haven't seen a good solution come up yet. doesn't mean that it's not out there, but, uh, but it's, a, it's tough. So 357-1290 gets you on the air. I would uh, like to take your calls. So another piece of exciting news this week came out. Counselors are considering the revival of the public programming in Keene. So the public access station, you know, we have two public access channels, one that features all of the government meetings, city council, city council committees, planning board, that kind of thing. And the other one traditionally has featured creative content made by members in the community, right? When Chester TV was up and going, they, uh, people could go in, create their own TV shows and create their own content and it would run uh, community bulletin board, all that kind of stuff. So it's been about a year now since Cheshire TV has, uh, is no longer doing that. And we finally, after putting a, an RFP out and looking for somebody to take this on, the community content generation piece on, we've finally been able to find somebody. The Falls Area Community Television, it's a Vermont-based group, Vermont-based nonprofit, that reached out to us and said they might be able to help operate the public programming services on our access television, television channels. 
This could include training residents, coordinating volunteers, scheduling content. Really neat. And I know that people want this, and I'm really encouraged by the prospect of finally finding an organization that may be able to help uh, help do that because I think it's a great opportunity for people in the community to create content, get it out there on TV, ideally spark some kind of interest in a young person in TV or content creation or video video editing. There's a lot there, a lot of community benefit there if we can find the right partner to do it. The fact is the city of Keene isn't really the right group to uh, run something like that. It's not a core competency for the city, but uh, excited by the prospect of having this Falls Area Community Television or FACT organization stepping up to see if it can work. And so basically the city uh, council's finance organization and personnel committee has recommended to the full council that the city manager be authorized to negotiate an agreement with this group. So good news, I'd say. 357-1290 gets you on the air and we have a call. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Hi, George. Uh, it's great news about the biotech incubator company coming to town, but I had a couple of real life experiences the past week that I wanted to share with the concern of employees and the delivery of services here in town. Mm. I went I went to have something done at uh, Cheshire Medical yesterday and couldn't see the the doctor but the PA, which is just yep. the way things are going and that's fine. They normally book eighteen to twenty two appointments a day. Wow. They're being limited, which is a busy day. They're only being allowed to basically book 12 a day now. Because of staff. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So they're at half capacity, basically. Yeah, which is amazing. Mm. So, And then to fill that gap, they'll hire traveling nurses. Well, you know where the traveling nurses are living? No idea. An hour away. An hour away. An hour away. Wow. Because they can't get any housing here. Yeah. Yeah, you're... Uh, Maple... Yeah. Maplewood has shut down a whole unit. Uh, Cheshire Medical's Farnham inpatient rehab program, it has capacity for 25, but they normally have 15 beds full. They can only do eight now because of staffing. And this is a crisis. This is a big crisis. So I don't know where people are going to live. I've heard of other people hiring people and they come here and they can't find somewhere to live. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a crisis and, uh, and we're looking, I'm trying to find some bold actions, proactive things we can do to facilitate the creation of new housing. Uh, we, we're looking at a lot of things. Um, the city is responsible for the zoning and the land use codes yeah, and the enforcement of that. And so we're looking at, uh, yeah. at some, some changes, frankly, going back yeah. potentially to two acre zoning in certain parts of the city, believe it or not, we have yeah. five acre zoning in the rural district in Keene, which, yeah. uh, is definitely taking away some opportunity for people to build new single family homes. There are also a couple of projects that could happen with, if the community could come together and make them happen, that would create, uh, 
good number of housing units, but yeah. they're big projects and it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a little bit of time, but uh, yeah. we need to make it happen because as you said, we're in a crisis and it cuts across yeah. every industry. That's the other thing. Absolutely. Every single industry. It's medical. It's yeah. it's healthcare. It's manufacturing. It's uh, financial Education. services. It's it's yeah. lawyers and uh, legal services. It's 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 the restaurant industry. You know, yeah. it's it's just incredible how far reaching this labor shortage really is, and it's it's a crisis. Yeah. We're in big trouble if we can't figure it out. Yeah, affordable housing is a big piece, but I think of like when like army barracks or army housing yeah. just gets thrown up somewhere right. in the short term to deal with it. I mean, live in trailers or whatever you call them now, mobile homes. But yep. un- until the bigger picture, things can get resolved. We're in big trouble. I know. I'm dealing with it on so. a daily basis. And I know I'm not the so, only, I know I'm right. not the only one. I mean, I've right. got a, I just sent an offer to somebody, uh, for an economic development position here in the city, moving here yeah. from Vermont. And uh, yeah. I would love for this person to sm- start tomorrow. I needed to give him a two-month window to try and secure yeah. housing for yeah. him and his family. You know, I mean, right. and that's that's two months that our community is missing out on that vital service. It's, it's really, I mean, really the, tough. Finding housing was really a non-issue. It was like, hey, I got the job, you know. Oh, right. yeah, I'll find out. Oh, yeah. Could go. I'm going to go hit some open houses this weekend. I'll probably end up with my new home. Yeah. It doesn't work like that anymore. Oh, yeah. people no, wait last months. I know in, in Winchester, they've got eight teacher openings for next year. I, yeah. I can't imagine how many will not get filled. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... Uh, Anyway, didn't want to be a Debbie Downer, but that's the reality we're dealing with. Well, I appreciate it because people have to realize how desperate a situation it is. That's the only way that we're going to adapt and change quickly enough. And to be yeah. frank with you, our community does not like to do that. We are right. we are traditionally very conservative, careful in changing anything and maybe that's true anywhere but i think it is especially true here we are very cautious about making any kind of decisions like that that have implications on the community but we can't afford that now we're gonna hurt ourselves economically we're gonna lose businesses we're gonna miss out on opportunities and and as you mentioned at the very outset of your call we're going to compromise the high levels of health care that we have in our community right now because the hospital can only do so much for so long. Right. And you talk about the big expansion they're going to do well. You need yeah. people to fill those positions. That's right. That's absolutely yeah. right. And it's going to take a lot of patience by all of us in the community. You know, like you're not going to be scheduled to see someone as quickly as you want. Yep. Uh, and get your senior a family member into a, a long-term care facility, you know, the wait, and, and it just goes on and on. And just, so anyway, have a great keen day. You too. It's a beautiful day in Keene, and I hope you have a good day as well. Thanks for calling yeah. and thanks for bringing that up. It's important. It's an important reminder. I hope people are thinking about it because I'm telling you, I'm pushing on the staff to come forward with some pretty bold ideas and I hope that uh, I hope that they are received well, and people understand why we're going to be proposing some of the things we're proposing. And uh, yeah, and so I hope I'm thankful you brought it up. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye now. Yeah, 
We have another call, 357-1290. Gets you on the air. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Yes, good morning. Uh, I'm following up from last week's discussion when I called about the article in the Keene State College um, newspaper, the Equinox, and the large bonuses. And um, just following up, it was interesting, the the caller that followed, um, after questioning the the bonuses, the caller said, oh, we don't um, allow dissing of the president. So that was an interesting comment, but not unexpected. But the reason I called is to follow up on um, articles that followed in the in the Equinox, the uh, newspaper of Keene State College. Mm-hmm. Um, if um, listeners want to look at it, it is still uh, um, posted on their website. If you look, um, I think one of the quotes from one of the students um, was that they felt like they were on a ship that was sinking, looking around at um, people with blank smiles on their face. The other headline on the paper was that they found insects in their food. And what that does is it generally depicts a, uh, a picture of, you know, a college investing in the wrong things, making cuts in the wrong areas. Um, they recently changed food service providers. Um, they never had that problem before. And so it's just, you know, people need to hold, and I think that, you know, it is the end of the year, but the students at the college are beginning to question um, the general direction of the college. Um, They're holding the administration accountable. Um, I think it's something that um, people in the city of Keene um, should, you know, support the college. We all want to see it succeed, but I think a reality check um, you know, what is their next move? Another round of bonuses? Um, if you read the another headline in the Equinox, there's a discussion about they're planning to eliminate more programs, eliminate more um, staff. And um, their um, solution seemed to be to eliminate staff so that um, ostensibly the faculty and the deans can go into the classrooms and teach and do the administrative tasks um, that were done by staff members that they've eliminated. Not a realistic plan. Um, the work just won't get done, um, which will be to the detriment of the college community. So I just wanted to um, you know, follow up on that. I don't think anyone wants to, quote, diss the president. We support her and the college. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also want to see things go in a positive direction. And I, I don't know whether they just don't understand, they don't know any better, or they're uh, surrounded by people who tell them they're doing a good job. But this is not the direction people want to see. What are the metrics that you think the community and members of the college should be looking at to determine if they're doing a good job or not? Yeah, I mean, very simple. In terms of metrics, set realistic common sense goals but do you think it's is it enrollment is it is it the jobs the the jobs that the the graduates get is it the number of first generation college students that that keen state is able to attract and get through to graduate i mean what are the things that you think we should be looking at you need you need to be creative and also understand what has um allowed the college to be here since 1909 Mm-hmm. Um, building giant buildings and not having, um, you know, just b- 